Well, we've had a month of July going through and remembering what God has done. But this month we're going to try to see what God would want to do. And I I don't want us to stay in the place where we just remember what God has done, but we need to always be asking, God, what do you want to do? What are you wanting to accomplish in our lives? And and the thing that God seeks to do, the thing that Jesus asked us to do was to make disciples. And so for this next month, we're going to talk about what it is to be a radical disciple of Christ. And what that looks like at your house, what that looks like in your personal life. And uh, we've got just several things we want to cover this month. Uh, but the first thing we're going to talk about this morning is what is what is a disciple? When we say that, what is that? And, and I think in the world we live in, words don't mean anything anymore. That uh, we change the we change the meanings of things so that it helps us feel better about ourselves. It helps us feel better about life, makes life easier for us. And I think we have changed what it means to be Christian, what it means to be a disciple. We have made it into something that fits whatever we're doing. If it's easy for us, it's easy for us to uh, come to church and think that we've done our duty. And so that's what it is to be Christian. It's to be Christian is that I am an honest person. I'm what the world would call good. And that's all I need to be. But that is not what God has called us to. And I think sometimes we think that if we go to church, if we have church attendance, if we're part of a ministry in church, then, then that's what it is to be Christian. That's an outflow of what it is to be Christian, but that is not what Christian is. That's not what it is to be a disciple of Christ. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. So let's all stand in honor of God's word. We're going to be in Luke chapter 9. And I believe that this is where it all starts. We have to come to the place that we confess and believe that Jesus is the Christ. And it is from that point that we can become what God would have us to be. So we're going to read out of Psalms here, and then we're going to read the word this morning. Let's begin reading. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your words. Pray, Father, I pray this morning that we will know what it is to be a disciple. And Father, that we will want to be that, that we would be like what is said in Psalm, that we will rejoice over what it is to be a disciple, not look at it as a, oh, I've got to follow Jesus. Father, help us to be, I get to follow Jesus. Thank God I get to follow Jesus. Thank God that I'm a follower of Jesus. Help us to live like that today, Father. I pray that you would challenge our hearts this morning, that you would ask tough questions into our lives and bring conviction into our hearts where we need it. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If we're going to be a disciple, we have to ask ourselves the question, what is a disciple? And and I really need to know what that is. And so I have to ask myself, and I think lots of times people think that if they have taken on the name Christian, then they are a disciple. 
And I think too many times Christian is a self-proclaimed title that we give to ourselves. The name Christian was not a name that was given to you by yourself. Back in the days when Christian came about, it was a derogatory name given to you by people who watched your life. People would be around you and they would see you living Christ-like. They would see you following Jesus and they would call you Christian in a derogatory manner. They would look at your life and they would say, this person is trying to be like Jesus. We see this person doing the same thing Jesus did and they meant it in a derogatory way. It was not, I am a Christian. And in the day we live in, we have a lot of people that say, I am Christian. You know, I think like 80% of people in America say they're Christian. But that's not what we see lived out in society. You see, it's self-proclaimed. Christian is never self-proclaimed. Christian is always given by those around you. And we should be living in such a way that people look at us and see disciple, that they see Christian. When, Christ, when Jesus called his disciples, he was not looking for people who would affiliate with him. He was looking for people who were going to live with him. In John 6, verse 66, he says, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Jesus was not looking to come up with a big following of people that just associated with him. He was looking for people who would be disciples. And when he would get down to the hard teachings of what it meant, like just what he got done saying, this is what it means. You're going to have to die daily. You have to be completely sold out to me. You have to die to the world and be sold out to me. And when he would preach those hard messages, people would say, I don't want any part of this. And this is the way the world is. This is the world we live in today. And I think too often we make the, the, uh, the, the ability to be a disciple so easy that people say, oh, yeah, I can do that. And it's not true. That's why so many people fall away from the church. When you really start preaching what, what it means to be a disciple, people say, I really don't want to be that. The goal of Jesus was not to have large numbers follow him, although he wanted that, but his goal was to make men like him. Not, hey, I like Jesus, but that they would live like Jesus. That the things they said would be like Jesus. And and, and Jesus' disciples spent their lives becoming like Jesus. And I want to ask you this morning, what is the goal of your life? Is the goal of your life, the main thing that moves you, the main thing that pushes you, is the goal of your life to be like Jesus? Many people have lots of goals, and a lot of people say, I just want to be happy. I want to retire. I want to have a successful business. I want to be popular or be well-known or or do good at my job or my business or be successful at athletics or whatever. Whatever point in life that you are, it can be different. For younger people, it can be to be popular, to be successful at sports, to be included in everything. For older people, and and as I'm getting older, my my thoughts turn to I want to be able to retire. And and then uh, other people, they want to be uh, important in business or things like that but what is the main goal of your life and Jesus says that our goal as Christian as our goal as disciple is to be like him we don't see Jesus doing anything but being about the father's will 
And his disciples were the same way. They were always seeking and living to become like Christ. And so the first question they had to answer when they became disciples was, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And we have to answer the question, who is Jesus and is he worth giving my life to? Is he worth me handing all of my dreams, all my aspirations? Is Jesus worth me dying to myself and living for him? To be a disciple, you still have to settle this question. Is is Jesus worth giving my life for? And if he is worth it, then how much does he get? And I think sometimes we think, well, Jesus is worth this much of my life. Jesus can have this part of my life, but I'm going to keep this part. And the truth of the matter is Jesus is worth all of your life. And that's what he demands. And that's what he deserves. He is worthy of life. And if you get this wrong, you will never be fully committed to what God has for you. And everything relies on this question. Who is Jesus? Is Jesus God's son? And will I serve him? Peter said, well, this is what people say. This is what the people around me are saying. This is what the world says. People are saying you are John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was a neat guy. He was a great guy. He was a very godly man, this kind of wild-haired preacher out of the desert guy. And I mean, he was, he was really causing a stir. And he was, I mean, he, people were going in, to, in droves to, to the Jordan to hear what he had to say. And the religious leaders were all upset at him because he was drawing a crowd. I mean, he's like the new preacher in town and everybody was going to see him. And they were like, what's going on with this guy? Is he really real? And, and people were saying, people think that G, P, Peter was saying, Jesus, people think that you're John the Baptist. And he said, and then some people think you're Elijah, one of the great, great prophets. I mean, to be considered, uh, to be equal with Elijah would be a really, really high honor. But still, both of these guys were just men. And God does not call us to follow men. And I think lots of times that's the downfall of us in the church. We get our eyes on people and we watch people and we see people mess up and then we get all up in that. Or, or we think that if I'm better than this person, if my life is more moral than this person, then I must be okay. And, and all I have to do is just be better than, than someone else in my church. And we are not called to be people, to be, to be like people. We are called to be like God. We're called to live like Jesus. And look at his disciples. They were just like us today. And, and, and if we follow men, we're going to fail. And, and, and if we follow people, we're going to fail. I mean, even Jesus' disciples, I mean, Peter was a disaster. I mean, you see him all through. He's always saying the wrong thing. He's arguing with each other. And, and like James and John, these are the disciples of Christ. And if we were to follow them, they were not always the best example. So people are always going to get things wrong. James and John had their mother go to Jesus and ask him, hey, you know, when this thing goes down, can I be on your right side? Can my son, one son be on the right side and one be on the left? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine asking your mother, hey, will you go to Jesus and see if, I mean, these guys were, they had some problems. And these are the disciples, but they were men. 
And we are not called to follow men. You're not called to follow your pastor. You're not called to follow a denomination. You're called to follow Jesus. And Jesus knew this. And he did not want men to follow men. He wanted men to follow God. I'm going to give you a political speech today. And I know that this is it's just a short one. So just be kind and listen for just a minute. And don't read too much into this. But the problem with our government and our political parties and our church and our country is this. We have trusted in men to make things better. We have trusted in politicians and government to do the things that God needs to be doing. We have looked to men instead of God. And we, when we do that, we are trusting in man or we're trusting in ourselves to take care of things instead of God. And I think that even within the church, that we have worked harder to win elections and change things through government than we have in changing things God's way. We've worked harder at winning elections than we have at winning souls. And the only way to change the culture we live in is one soul at a time. It will not be done in the ballot box. Now, does that mean that we don't look at people and we quit voting? No, I think we need to vote. And I think you need to go to the word and see where God stands on things. And I think sometimes you have no good choices. I'm just be honest with you. I, I voted this last week and it's becoming less and less of an enjoyable thing to me. I remember when I first started voting, we would take all the kids with us and, and we would run over to Gentry Church and it was a, I was like, man, this is your civic duty and we get, the, we get this awesome opportunity and we get to change and choose and things like this and now I'm just like, oh my goodness. Because we have become a society of immoral people and immoral people pick immoral people to vote for. And our job as the church is to change society one person at a time by winning them to Christ. Not to follow men, but to follow Christ. And so, I'm sorry if I got off there. I'm, 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 just, I'm just saying that, that the church is here. We, we will not accomplish what needs to be accomplished through the ballot box. The problem with our culture is that we've been following people. We've been following immoral people. And God has called us to follow Jesus. We see this even in the churches. Many people today go to church just because they like the pastor. And the pastor says what they want to hear and it makes it easy to be Christian. And, or they like a program in the church or they like their Sunday school teacher or, or whatever they like. And I'm now telling you this morning, the church is not a store. The church is not a store where we go and say, well, I like this and I like this and I like this. You go to church because God has called you to be part of an assembly of people and called you to live life together with them. And the truth is you might not like everything about it. You may not enjoy everything about it, but you go to church because God has called you into fellowship with that group. 
Some of you are new to our church. You've been coming a few weeks or a few months or whatever, and, and there may be things you like about it. There may be things you don't like about it. Don't come because of that. Go home and get on your knees and say, God, is this the group that you have called me to go through life together? Is this the group that you have called me to worship with you together? And if it is, come and join us and jump in and get involved. And if it is not, go find that place. The Lord will lead you. But be part of some place and be there not because of everything that it offers, but be there because God has called you to be there. We say that in our culture, we have equated Christianity to church attendance. If you go to church, then you're a disciple, you're a Christian. And if we are an attender, then we're Christian. If I'm a worker in church, then I am a Christian. If I help in Sunday school or Bible school, then I am a Christian. And, and we are not Christian because of what we do. We are Christian because of who we follow. And that is to be Jesus. You cannot follow someone every day and not be like that person. We were in Sunday school this morning and we were talking about uh, one, of, one of the people in our Sunday school class had been to the Newsboys concert last week. And they were talking about what a wonderful, worshipful time that was at the Newsboys concert. And, and they said, you know, before I used to listen to a lot of country music. And they said, man, it just, it just brought me down. Well, whatever you follow is what you're going to be. Whatever you fill your life up with is what you're going to be. And in Luke chapter 6, verse 40, this is, this is a really important verse. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, a disciple is not above his teacher, the one that's pouring into them. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Whoever you are following, you have no, there is, if you keep following that person, you will be like that person. And Jesus doesn't just say here to, that this is for his disciples. He has the word everyone in there. The Bible has several times where it says all and, and none and, and everyone and statements like that. In Romans 3.23, it says that all have sinned. So that means everyone has sinned. In 2 Peter 3.9, it says not wanting anyone, that God doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So on those things, we know that that means everyone. It's not a certain group of people. It's, it's everyone. So in this sentence, Jesus says everyone is being trained by someone. I think lots of times we look at this and we think that Jesus is just talking about his disciples, just talking about uh, people who are coming under his leadership. But Jesus is saying everyone, everyone, no matter whether you're a part of the church or not part of the church, everyone is being trained by someone. Everyone. All have sinned. Everyone must must repent. Everyone is called to be saved. Everyone is being trained by someone. Everyone, not just Christians. Everyone has placed themselves under someone's training. And you are either being trained by Jesus or you're being trained by the world or Satan is what it is. 
And so you're either coming under, in your life, you're either coming under the teachings of Jesus or you're coming under the teachings of Satan. And we don't like to talk like that because we like to think that there's some middle ground in there where we're just good people and, and I'm not really following Satan and I'm not really following Jesus. I'm just here in the middle neutral ground and I'm, I'm okay. You are either being trained by Jesus or you are being trained by the world or Satan. There is no other medium there. And everyone is one place or the other. But if you ask people, they would, they would say, no, there's no way. There's no way I'm letting Satan train me. There's no way that I'm not allowing Satan to train me. Are you kidding? That's crazy. But I want to tell you this morning, how you think how you feel, how you react, how you respond, your entertainment that you let into your life, all these things that you are allowing in your life is either being coming from Jesus or it is coming from Satan. There's, there's only two places it comes from. And Jesus says, let me train me. Let me train me. Let me train you. Become like me. And the question is, do you want that? Do you really want to come under the training of Jesus? Do you really believe that Jesus is worth following this morning? Does he deserve you to follow him? Is he worthy to be followed? Is he a man? No. He's God. Remember we talked about men do not deserve to be followed. He, he was all God and he was all man, but he is God's son. And so if he is God, he deserves to be followed. He deserves for us to come under his training. If you believe his God, he is God, then, and you don't follow him, what does that make you? It makes you kind of foolish, doesn't it? To not follow him. You see, what has happened is this. People have taken the name of Christ but nothing else. They have bought into Christianity, but they have never sold out and died. They want to be part of the church, but they won't, don't want to die out to the world. And Jesus says, you can't have both. You have to become a follower. They, people have tried to be a follower and not follow, and it doesn't happen. We do all the activities, but we don't ever follow. And there's no way to follow Jesus and not have a radical change in your life. So I want to ask you this morning, who is Jesus to you? Is he some old teacher from way back that had some good thoughts and some good notions? Is it... Uh, is following Jesus like being part of a club that you attend because it's fun and it makes you feel better about yourself and you come on church on Sunday morning because it makes you feel better? Or is Jesus God and deserve everything, every day? Every body is being trained, is being discipled by someone. And I want to ask you this morning, who's discipling you? Jesus or the world? We give ourselves the name Christian, but in the New Testament, they didn't do that. And I want to ask you this morning, if people are looking at you, are they calling you Christian because of your life? Or is that something that you've just given yourself the name of?
I want us to stand this morning. I want Lance to come. Jesus says, and it's very clear in Luke there, he says, everyone is coming under the training of a teacher. Who's teaching you this morning? Is it Jesus or the world? Who has control of your life this morning? And as we start into this, what does it mean to be a radical disciple of Christ? We have to ask the question, who am I a disciple of? Who am I following? Who's teaching me? Who's training me? Is it, is it Jesus? Is everything in my life come under the authority of God's word and what he has to say to me? Or am I letting the, the thoughts of the world and the ideas of the world or those around me filter in and, and that has controlled me this morning? I don't know what's going on in your life or where you're at this morning or what you need. But Jesus is asking the question this morning, who do you say that I am? Do you run ever does Jesus run everything in your life? Does he control everything in your life? Have you died out to everything else? Or are there other things controlling you this morning? You know, I mean right now the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and showing you things in your life that are not like him. And if there's some things like that this morning, come, pray, repent come under the full authority of Jesus in your life this morning. That's what it is to be a disciple. And anything else is not being a disciple. Church attendance is not a disciple. Being on the fringe and and just uh, taking part but not following is not a disciple. And God has called us, Jesus has called us to be disciples this morning. Where are you? Are you a disciple of Christ this morning? If you're not, you can be. It's a wonderful thing. I think sometimes we look at Christianity and people are like, oh, it's so hard to be a Christian. There's things about it that are not easy, but it's still the best. It's still the best life. It's still the best. We're going to sing a song this morning. If you need to come and pray, you know you know if you do, if you need to, come and pray this morning as we sing.